Mulder, look, Colton plays by the book and you don't. They feel your methods, your theories are... Spooky. It's still real to me, damn it! Okay, great. But yeah, no, I'm off the grid. I fucking learned how to... Don't, don't take... I'm not a financial advisor. Don't listen to me. But what happens when you're debt is that if you it's in debt for so long and you haven't paid a fucking dime baby yeah it gets sold to a company a company buys it the debt collectors yeah and they buy, buy it nothing yeah they buy it they buy the debt for dollar literally they yeah. buy the debt for fucking bullshit and then the company who like we'll just use one of my examples is the gym at city creek oh hi fucking yeah. <laughs> motherfuckers <gasps> suck my dick <gasps> suck my dick so yeah now so, that i'm gonna be making big money i legitimately am gonna legally pursue them for damages and if i make it out we're going on vacation you should like if i get a settle we're going you somewhere. Should. I mean, for me, it was that my, um, you know, ex-husband signed us up for a $300 a month gym for no fucking reason. And they didn't tell me yeah. until the bills started piling up. And I was like, well, fuck all that to hell. Yeah. So then they were coming after us for literally like $600 to $900 yep. for a gym that I went to once, maybe. Yeah. And I used the basketball court. So yeah. what's that about? And you're like, um, check my fucking check-ins. Yeah. I haven't touched your fucking yeah. service. And then I even emailed them like, hey, let's uh, just go ahead and cancel this. Yeah. And then they were like, you got to jump through this hoop. High five this man. And it can only be done on a full moon on a Thursday. <laughs> got to get a Phoenix feather. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, I can't do that. And then it immediately went to collections. Anyway, so the debt was purchased by a debt collector. So the gym isn't contacting me. They don't give a fuck about our peasantry. Yeah. It's the debt collector who fucking comes to your house, calls your job, blah, 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 yeah. blah. What it's the fuck guy. ever. It's, it's these yeah. people actually. A, a thousand yeah. percent. But then guess what? Who the fuck are they? Yeah. They're fucking nobody, bitch. <laughs> They're fucking nobody. <laughs> nobody. The debt has been paid. Your credit has been hit. Ugh. Hide, bitch. Yeah. You all, you all fucking them. No, not a damn dime. That are not a damn fucking dime. At that point, when those people are coming for you, your the Lannisters have paid their fucking debts. <laughs> your credit has been hit. Yeah. Block that number. You're done. And this is the best part. They come to your house. They got a printed out picture of your Facebook page. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they go, are you Noel coming? They, I, I lied. They're like, are you Caitlin Patterson? I was like, who is that bitch? Who is? Not me. I have never. I hate to sound ridiculous. I don't know who that man I is. I don't know who that man if is. If he was walking down the street, I wouldn't know a thing. <laughs> Sorry to this man. And it's a picture of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry to this man. <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, and I literally, for the past five years, may, almost six now, yeah. I have been living off the grid. I love I it. have not accumulated any debt. Yeah. I I haven't touched anything. I have no. a debit card. I have a, I have a car that I pay. We overdraft that, but when oh, we get paid, I mean, it goes back to back positive. into it. Totally fine. It's not hitting my yeah, car. It's I'm not hitting my that. credit. My car, everything's in my, I'm yeah. a fucking rapper. I'm a fucking <laughs> drug dealer. Everything is in my mama's name. Everything <laughs> is in my mama's name. Everything. That's your new single. Everything is in my mama's Everything name. You can't fucking, they name. can't repossess anything because none of this is in my fucking name. Can't fucking touch me. It, I look like I'm homeless. Yeah, exactly. The only thing they see me having is a fucking job. That's it. That's it. That's, That's the it. only thing that you could trace back to me. And you spend me. that shit so fast they can't even <laughs> can't. garnish it if they can't. wanted to. They can't even track That's me. That's my favorite. Can't even track. Yeah. I do pay the IRS though. Well, I do. Well, but listen, but listen, the IRS. student loans are like a fucking scarlet letter that will follow you until death okay <laughs> they have a tracking device in every month the irs and fafsa take money out of my account which you can't do anything about they're that. the only two 
It's because they don't have to go to court to do no. it. They don't have to pay to do it. They, they can come in. They can ruin your life yeah. like fucking Thanos. In Snap. You're done. Days, yeah. So I definitely for sure pay the IRS and FAFSA. And again, IRS is dead husband shit. Right. I think this year, I'm. it's going to be the first year since he died that I'll get a tax return. Uh, so amen. Oh, yeah, because they won't keep it. Exactly. They send you that literally like you're wanted by the IRS. And yeah. Like, oh, and they're okay. like, so he actually owed like $9,000. So and then they're just jerking their fucking dicks as they take all of my tax refund jesus fucking Christ. i know i literally when people are like tax season for the past like five fucking years <laughs> like, i just I have to bitch. be like i don't know what it is i don't know <laughs> i'm I, not sure what i that send like. papers to a man and he does them and then nothing comes back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nothing comes back like, well, i'm even i'm impressed that you actually did the papers because it would throw me in such a crippling depression that i would be back like seven years of taxes i don't do them so no here's yeah. the fun part my dad worked for the irs before he went to <sighs> another federal military so, job dad please I just send it. when he dies your turbo man, tax. i'll just jump off of a bridge because i yeah. can't do it turbo tax couldn't handle me turbo tax saw my drama and they were like nah you gotta, <laughs> you gotta pay somebody real money yeah. can't use our fucking 20 dollars system you gotta pay oh a man to figure this shit out even like i have a i have an active warrant for a citation so like i was like oh, i should probably buy a car now that i'm gonna like have money and i've like completely i just forgot about the citation so yeah. i've just been driving illegally for the last four good years for you i know so good but i wondered why my state taxes weren't coming back i was like why am i not getting that like 300 dollars and it's because i was never opening the letters from the state that were like we have repossessed so last year it was like we have taken your so i like look up this warrant and i was like oh Alrighty then is like, it paid you know, off no the warrant doesn't get paid off they just keep, they hold they hold that money hostage it's like it's like if you were to get like so if i get arrested that's towards my bail mm-hmm. that's literally what that is what's the citation yeah. for the citation's for hitting somebody else in my car that's it that's literally it i rear-ended somebody they gave me a ticket i didn't pay it that's what it becomes. It becomes a citation. Oh, fun. Yeah. And it's not like a speeding ticket. It's a it's like a misdemeanor, like a class C misdemeanor for not paying attention. Uh-huh. And that's why it becomes a, a warrant. Yeah. Fun. But it takes like three and a half years. So like Good for you. Yeah, last year when I filed my taxes, I was like, what the fuck is this? Why for the last three years have I not got my state tax return? State of Utah is just like, that's this why. was a $50 ticket, bitch. Yeah. Now we making bags. <laughs> now you have to now hire we a making bags. <laughs> so now that I'm making adult money and I'm, I'm going to buy my own car, I literally have to hire. So I'm just going to use the same lawyer for City Creek. There you go. You see? Two birds, one stone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a long con. This is why we'll never judge anybody for having bad, like sh- even shittier spending habits than us. Because yeah. we know how it happens. It yeah. We had a 401k meeting today because this was the first year that it was offered through my job and I didn't show up. I, <laughs> you were like, I'm not giving you my no, money. I stayed and worked at my desk and yeah. um, 40-year-old Noel can suck a dick. Like, I was like, gives a shit? literally, because I have like, I I'm in a dual position, so I have a few. I literally have a few managers, yeah, and one fuck. of them was like, "Are you going to it?" And I was like, "My re- my retirement plan is going to Washington and getting an assisted suicide at 60." <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. Are you fucking kidding me? Five thousand dollars a year? Yeah. I can't afford that. The first time you start seeing permanent crow's feet, that's when it's time to go. You know, what honestly, I mean? like like day six of being like, "Oh my god, those are for forever." Yeah, you just go kill yourself. Well, like, that's and it. and no joke. I have to work. Yeah. I like it is the only part of my dad that I know like that I am his daughter is the need to work. Yeah. Idle hands. It's like I am go, 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 go. And if anyone has tried to date me, they understand this. Like (laughs) I am I cannot not do anything, if that makes sense. Like I have to be doing something. 
And even when I, that's why I've never gone on a vacation. Yeah. Even if I go on a quote unquote vacation, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm back in work by Monday. You and I did the same thing. I hadn't had a vacation in seven years. Mm -hmm. I went to Disneyland. That's like literally the thing that we did. And then you work. That's a fucking job. Well, Disneyland is a job. Dealing with people in Disneyland is a job. It's not relaxing. Skylar and I fought in Disneyland. Like you and Shane fought in Disneyland. You know what I mean? Like Disneyland is just where we go to fight with, like we have more time to fight. It's just fighting in lines. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Fighting in lines. basically our job. Too. I know. It's wild. <laughs> We're just waiting in Disney. So queues. fucking wild. Fuck so dude. yeah, it's just like I I couldn't not work and watching my dad retire and then lose his mind because he's stuck at home. Yeah. Is that when he got fat? Sorry, Noel's dad. Hopefully, he's kind of always been fat. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's been trying to lose weight now because that's his new thing. Now he's yeah. like, I'll just work Good out and diet. Him. But a lot of people just like lose their health when they retire. They literally just like go downhill so fast. Oh well, he's just like he's trying to become a PI now because he can't stand it. He can't stand Is he is he stalking your ex for you to figure out? I'm oh just my kidding. god. <laughs> he just wouldn't need to skin him to death. Yeah. Um, kids Kalos is fucked. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I just I know that that would also be me. Yeah. I have never had a moment of not working. It's yeah. I've always overlapped. There's no blank spots in my resume. Yeah. From the day I could get a job, I've been working. And well, I know this is happening right now. This is also you working. Exactly. Yeah. I literally can't not do it. And uh so I know retirement would never be an option for me. I'd be the old woman at like the grocery store checking your bags or what the fuck ever just because i needed to do something i thought you were gonna be like the old woman talking to me because like old people always try to talk to me at the grocery store and i'm just like i can't hear i don't have ears i'm leaving now <laughs> i'm dead i'm dead yeah Hello? um so i just i genuinely uh, and then if we're being real yeah i don't think this fucking country is gonna be here in the next like 40 years yeah we'll probably like okay so if, if the country itself doesn't get like nuclear bombed by iran mm-hmm. you know what i mean i mean you're giving a lot of stock to iran but i do agree that the next world war will yeah. not be a modern war it'll just be bombs going off in random cities if you grind up enough like i'm assuming that this is how nuclear bombs are made if you grind up enough human bodies mm-hmm. and stuff them into a capsule yeah. that's how it's made because yeah. they have plenty of bodies they have yeah. like three times the number of bodies we do yeah and i'm assuming you just grind that shit up and like compact it and that's how nuclear waste is like i don't know yeah anyway, yeah they're gonna figure it out eventually you put enough monkeys in a keyword in the right or ki- enough monkeys yeah. in a keyword enough monkeys on typewriters and the make shakespeare it's true (laughs) no it's true so i i genuinely think that and like i've said numerous times before in my pure mania is that my (laughs) only question is what's going to happen first is it going to be a natural disaster that takes us out like the big fucking earthquake that's apparently supposed to been hitting utah for the past hundred years we're waiting crack this bitch open and drop us like we're a fucking watermelon off of the 10th story i'm ready or is it going to be like the super volcano in yellowstone that's just going to evaporate us literally that shit I, I took a severe climate class in college, which is funny because right. universities don't accept, some universities don't accept that as a science credit because, <laughs> you know. Not the University of Utah, but definitely that other one. BYU is like, yeah. what credit? A so what? It's um, real. So we talked about how if the the size of the Yellowstone volcano, we, we, de- we were off track by two weeks because there was like two days where the class wouldn't get off of it. <laughs> And we just had to all work this topic out. Because, For your anxiety, right? Yeah, because the professor casually talked about how it's so powerful that when it goes off, we would just evaporate. Oh, yeah. We would, it would no be doubt. like, and someone was like, like Pompeii, and he was like, no, evaporate. Like you'd be done. The heat uh. would be so intense that we would just 
evaporate. It's like when I went under for my boob job and I just disappeared as a person. I yeah. was just gone and then I immediately woke up. It mm-hmm. wasn't like I saw darkness. It was literally like I was dead and then I was alive again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would just be you'd be dead and then you just that's you just, it. But you don't wake up. It's yeah. just darkness. Never feel it's black. It's nothing. So, um, yeah. And then we talked about like, you know, a nuclear winter, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Mount St. So Helens. Is it going to be like, is it going to be that guy, the other one? You know, is it going to be a natural disaster, essentially? Is it going to be um, a class war started? <laughs> race war. Race war started. Is it going to be the catalyst is uh, privatized natural resources like clean air, clean water? You know what I mean? What's it, what's it going to be? Or is it just going to be like a good old fashioned nuclear war? Because at this point, that's what the next world war will be. It'll yeah. just be random bombs going off. And that's it. So, you know, that's how I feel. Uh, you know what? Actually, no, all you know what's going to happen knowing us is that the world's just going to continue on in this mundane, like, even economy and we're going to die and that's it. Like, that's um, the worst fate I can think of. I'd prefer truly. like a swift, chaotic, truly. you know? Well, I mean, if that's if that's what ends up happening and we survive for another 50, which is about 10 years out of my plan, <laughs> I'll, I'll just literally my happy ass will go to fucking Oregon and I'll get an assisted suicide. It's like Futurama, the, those like death booths where you like put two dollars in and they'll fucking kill you. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Liter- and yeah, yeah. I would love that. I would love that so much. You know, you know how it be. You Sometimes it'd be like that. Anyway, we're not talking about that at all. <laughs> this is not what we're talking I wanted about. to talk about movies of 2019. And I wanted to start off with um, two lists, like top fives from two different online. I wanted to say online retailers, but online publications. <laughs> the first one is Watch Mojo, which I think most people know. It's like if anything cinema related is trending on YouTube, it's from Watch Mojo. Um, they're kind of fun. <laughs> and I'm not going to I'm not going to give any. uh hints from these two lists i'm just going to list them and then go into our personal list so from watch mojo number five so this is like their least rated to top rated but again still top five is awesome they put the irishman as their number one as their number five, oh, five. I'm sorry. number four they put the joker number three they put endgame avengers number two they put once upon a time in hollywood number one they put parasite okay Sinfix is a little bit more indie quote-unquote and this is their list Five, Parasite. Four, Pain and Glory, which is a foreign film about an aging director struggling with his age and art. He gets into heroin in his 50s. Um, Antonio Banderas is that main character. And then Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Uh which I'm not, you know, don't look at my personal list, but um, set in the 18th century, three women are stuck on an island. Another foreign film. Um, Basically, no one wants to be there. There's not a lot of dialogue, which I'm finding is kind of like one of my favorite versions of cinema. <laughs> and there's a lesbian love affair. Nice. Um, they put number two as Marriage Story and number one as The Irishman. I don't agree with any of those things. Just kidding. I had, didn't see Pain and Glory or Portrait of the Lady on Fire, so I can't. So. Oh, my God. Our lists. Here. going to be very upset in a minute. Here are my lists. Okay. Number five. So, um, you know, it's not, it made the list, but it's my least, but still great, is like sinfix um portrait of a lady on fire right um specifically because of the way it was shot the cinematography is stunning okay and i'm becoming and like don't get me wrong that's gonna kill me um (laughs) i so i do have honorable honorable mentions but like whatever so (laughs) there's movies like marriage story that on 
New York Times, on Rotten Tomatoes, on Thrillist. It was like they're in their top three and they were just blowing each other about how fucking incredible it was. And don't get me wrong. I watched Marriage Story and I did enjoy it. I was making fun of it before I watched it because come on, those that, memes are that so fight good. scene, those memes, the Thomas the Train with yeah. fucking Adam Driver's face screaming and punching a wall. Get out of here. It's so good. It's, or they like would take that fight scene where he goes and punches the wall and it's like, I, I get emails every day. And then he punches, he punches the, the wall. wall. <laughs> I've never related to something more in my fucking life. So like, but whatever it's i was making fun of it and then i actually watched it and it gave me this controversial opinion it gave me more anxiety than watching uncut gems mm. or parasite for that matter right. genuinely because it was you were genuinely watching the deterioration of a marriage in the most like relatable it's pedestrian it is pedestrian but the thing is is that these are rich pedestrian people so like it's the most ideal way you and i would have liked our marriage our marriages to end so it's all the emotional strife without any of the convenience or glamour yeah and that's why it fucking sucks yeah i agree (laughs) no i agree and so that's the problem right is that like yeah it makes you feel things but it makes you feel um kind of like the uncanny valley but of a divorce it's like your own face being like on a thing and you're like i felt all those feelings this is awful it's like how you (laughs) how you like protect yourself from your own mental instability you pretend you had their divorce and you can see the moments in which they start betraying each other Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's with your own relationship it's not even marriage honestly no that whole thing just displays like the pedestrian routine degradation of a relationship Mm -hmm. where like you know he's about to betray her she's about to betray him yeah the way that they feel about each other it becomes obscured because they haven't talked to each other for a while they talk to each other it's okay and then they're apart and everything gets fucked up again yeah it's it's every relationship we've literally ever had. literally so <laughs> i our parents relationships too it's Fuck. a mirror of everything because yeah. the most relatable thing in that is the betrayal yeah and the deterioration of a relationship that's it um and don't get me wrong like i loved it for that but people are holding it on this pedestal like it's this fucking divine intervention of a film and i'm like it's a story about a divorce that ended well yeah fuck you that's not fuck you like it's also so unglamorous all they did was take away rom-com glamour from a breakup movie that's true that's it all they did was they like it's like they shot it in like indie movie like glamour they Mm -hmm. took away the like hd you know what i mean like yeah. it's literally just like somebody yeah. like did a vlog of their divorce yeah. and like don't get me wrong the the monologue about like um good fathers weren't in- invented until 30 years I ago love Laura Dern. that shit was fucking amazing she's the best character in that absolutely movie. <laughs> she the lawyer tries to start slut shaming her she takes off her fucking jacket to yeah. show her like bra straps and her open chest and like it was there were parts of that movie were, that were incredible. Don't get me wrong, but the whole movie was not a fucking masterpiece. And people are talking about how like the dialogue and the script itself is like just this, like God shit it out himself. And I can't stand it because in parts it was trying too hard to be yeah. deep and to have it in t- insane. The dialogue. wall punching scene specifically was like, it's cringy. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to watch because yeah. you're watching two people that sort of have chemistry, but don't, which lends to the movie because their relationships falling apart. So you don't want to really see chemistry. Yeah. But in that moment when they're at their most passionate, they can't even scrape it together. No. Like they can't scrape no. the chemistry. And together. like, let's not 
kid ourselves, Adam Driver fucking acted the shit out of that. Oh, scene. he did so good, but but Scarlett Johansson she is like couldn't, fucking. She couldn't keep up. It was nah. embarrassing in a way. The last time she could act was in Lost in Translation. That's the last time she was able to act, Damn. and that's because she was a child. That's a lie so. because of my number one pick. <laughs> oh no. Uh, oh, oh, actually, you know yep, what? Yep. That's the truth. Yeah. Okay. So wait. You're okay. Get so no. Okay. Up we're not saw, doing it. We're not doing so it. Up. Okay. But listen. Did you see what? Blue Valentine? Yes. Of course. Okay. So that's what Marriage I will Story watch is. Watch that movie to feel. <laughs> Are you fucking I kidding me? Have masturbated to that scene where he goes down on her and you can see her spanks. I was like, it's real life. This is the amateur yeah. porn I've always wanted. Yeah. You can see a girl's spanks. Yeah. He has to pull off the spanks that are like compressing her yeah. thighs, and I was like, I want this so bad anyway that's a better marriage that's that's marriage story that's the marriage story that i want Mm -hmm. you know what i mean two characters that they literally live together for Mm -hmm. a year Mm -hmm. the child um what's his face and uh michelle what's her face the what's his name's god damn it i'm having a hard time gonna help you this is a struggle i prefer the joker's widow oh my god (laughs) the joker's widow Uh and that guy from drive yeah yep that guy from drive noelle does this because she knows it makes me a stronger person yeah the guy from drive she knows that if she helps me out of my egg i will die i'm i cannot (laughs) believe that you're missing those names and ryan gosling there there's one baby there's there's one one. i don't know michelle's last name we're on a first name basis apparently (laughs) i'm I'm having a struggle but no i agree with you and so that's why coming back that's why i put portrait of a lady on fire as like one of my favorite marriage story could get fucked in comparison to this because this is a movie that its whole entire basis is how you feel in regards to everyone's relationship with each other dialogue is almost removed and it is just emotions and relationship building and um it's fucking beautiful so that's my number so five. it's just like silent relationship building yeah i mean there's dialogue but it's it's just gorgeous it shows that you can tell a story without having to think that your audience is so dumb that you have to fucking spell it out for them there's um uh daft punk's album so i haven't seen portrait of lady on fire this is my only contribution daft punk has an album called discovery and leiji matsumoto is one of the most well-regarded japanese animators of all time Mm -hmm. did an entire story like anime for the whole album and there's no dialogue at all and you would love that i love that it's beautiful it's about these like rock star aliens that get kidnapped and brought to the united states to make money literally daft as rock stars (laughs) yeah literally daft punk i mean that's the they're probably just trying to tell their story yeah (laughs) it's a documentary but um i'll see it for that reason though that's like you should that's arousing and also into portrait of a lady on fire shout back out to i'm blanking on his name because i'm a piece of shit look it up the director of parasite when he accepted his award and he said you know once you get past the one inch barrier that is a subtitle you will enjoy more films shout out to portrait of a lady on fire for that as well you and i we can't record podcasts together because we just say the same things because i was driving and i was like what can i say to be interesting and that was one of them is because that's legitimate it's the one inch wall Mm -hmm. that you can get over if you can get over the one inch wall of reading Mm -hmm. subtitles it opens an entire yeah and it's beautiful and i want to see portrait of a lady on fire i actually have a list of movies that i should have seen but didn't and you're gonna think it's really funny oh my god (laughs) what do you have a list um yeah so do you want to just do like play by play like you'll do yours i'll do yeah you do your number five yeah so my number five let's see what i wrote on here so i actually i'm pretty sure i only saw five movies this year i was looking (laughs) i know i I know so actually okay so i I think i only saw these five good movies i know there were some shitty ones that i saw i saw a bunch of shitty ones i will have to do a follow-up to the shittiest movies countdown please let's do that hold on actually i need to check the year of one of them but my number five hold up but you don't think it came out in 2019 
Um, no, it did. I was just seeing if Crazy Rich Asians came out in 2019 and it came out in 2018. I would, I would have oh, knocked one off my list. Yeah. That. 2018 was the year. 2018, we oh. had some bangers, but we're in 19. Yeah. So I put one on here that isn't on your list, but I think that you'll be thankful for it because I think what? you probably struggled not to. What? It was The Lighthouse. So that's my number five. And I know that you wanted it on your list. Maybe, are you regretting it or did you think about it? Do you want to know my genuine opinion? Oh no. I'm so excited. Oh, actually, can't, okay. <laughs> Noel okay. and I, Noel no, and I disagree on movies, but we never disagree on the core of the movie. Uh-huh. So I'm hoping that whatever it is that you hated is not the same thing that I loved about it. So okay. Let's, fi- let's find out. <sighs> no, no, no. Tell me why you liked it. Tell okay. me why you liked it. So I liked it because I enjoy mythology. Yes. I enjoy... Which it is. Curses. It yes. is a it's, whole... It's the story of Prometheus. It is the story yes. of Prometheus, hands down. Yeah, okay. So I'm glad that you you were engaged. You liked that portion of yes, it. Yes, that is I the like, part I liked. I like old wives' tales. I like... Um, in a sense, it, so you know why I think you didn't like it, and I, you, maybe you didn't. This didn't occur to you, or maybe I'm calling it, but it's male witches. <laughs> that's that's what that is. It's, it's male witches. Yeah. Is the lighthouse? It's men. That's the part I didn't like about the white lighthouse. That's why it's not my number. And I, ha- I didn't see enough movies to have knocked it off my list. But I don't like super macho witches. Mm-hmm. Is kind of what this whole like with the lighthouse. I mean, is, lighthouse you is. could you could pull that from my criticism of it. But yeah. keep going. What I liked was I liked I liked the mythology. Yes. I like the paganism. Yep. I like the cursiness of it. Yeah. Um, and I like the I like that it left that up to interpretation because who knows if any of that was real or if any of that was fake or if there is a like because they say that you know the scene where they are fighting so hard and screaming at each other and he says you know like may the goals eat your flesh as you can't get cast upon the rocks you remember that yeah that's in the movie the writer of the script said that that's him putting a curse on um edward cullen mm-hmm. Why Robert am I thank you <laughs> see she helped me with that one but i'm not gonna die when i get out of the egg this time that was just her blowing on me um yeah, <laughs> she's trying to she's like help me um that's Who's the other one on um willem dafoe there you go. i will remember that one because i love the meme willem defriend where he's smiling and it says <laughs> willem dafoe and he's frowning i'll never forget oh my god i love the uh, internet sometimes yeah, it's good but that's what i like i like the witchiness i like the vagueness i like the magic of it yes because it's definitely there's some magic there yeah but i don't like warlocks per se i don't like the macho masculine portion of it i don't like like men think that we think that their sexuality is fascinating and mm-hmm. it's very simple and it's um, almost like condescendingly simple. And they, because they are sexually aroused, mm-hmm. they think it's the most complex thing on the planet. It yeah. enamors them. But the rest of us are like, this is boring. Yeah. Like when he's jerking off to the thing, everyone's like, this is so complex. And I was like, this is just a dude who's horny. Yeah. Like there's nothing about that that fascinates me. So that's what I didn't like. But I do that magic is the same magic that's in The Witch. And that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So well, fucking portrait of a lady on fire gets my five spot over lighthouse because mm-hmm. it's got lesbians in it and, and you love women a, more than it's men. almost a full <laughs> female cast yeah. so i mean that's come on yeah um but my i it was easy for me to knock lighthouse out because and like let me just compliment it first robert eagers is a fucking genius yeah it's beautiful he truly is there's no director out there who physically puts you in a time capsule yeah and brings you back to the story you feel which he's wet telling when you're in the movie you the do whole time. you feel damp absolutely and it's like um the way that he creates the time period like it happened in the witch with the dialogue you feel superstitious it happens, absolutely you feel superstitious and that's the magic that i love i feel like i believe this shit for sure like 
the witch and lighthouse aren't for like casual moviegoers and i say that in the most like non-pompous it's way not pretentious. it's not it's it's genuinely the fact that like if you think subtitles are bad try watching someone speak quote-unquote english in like this accent yeah, in proper like, the old english. sea shanty style language same way that um the witch had like that new england like straight up pilgrimy that's literally broken. old english with an e that's yeah. exa- that's literally what that cadence is is old english with an e it's like you first that's your first hurdle is to catch the fuck up and i think that's gorgeous because it forces you to be in the movie the whole entire time mm-hmm. and then the way that he shoots things it's so hard to find like modern day directors that care about cinematography in such a way that like every single scene has meaning which is also my bone to pick with it because there were a lot of pieces that didn't get picked up and ends that didn't get tied in this movie for me like the whole robert pattinson jacking off with the mermaid toy and then the actual actual like sea siren sex scene Mm -hmm. like what you're gonna give me this beautiful imagery and then you're gonna abandon it like it's like some man's brain could have conjured that in the throes of being horny absolutely not Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that's what i think for me that's where the magic comes from but i also think that you bring up a good point about the witch the witch spoiled us and that there is a beginning middle end and it wraps up and you know exactly what happened and why yeah you know what i mean and you don't need that definitiveness in a movie but when you've got that again the beautiful siren imagery and you have like the the kraken goo dripping from the Mm -hmm. lighthouse like those are things that are almost like gratuitously um undefined and like aren't spoken for that it feels cheap yeah yeah i get that that's that was my biggest bone it's the masculine part of it that's what you hate about it the witch was made for like for women it was it was a story about (laughs) divine femininity yeah and choice and taking power and and dresses exactly and butter and and satan (laughs) and lighthouse was just telling us a story we've already told been told through the um fun black and white sea shanty yeah i think i think that it should have either stayed grounded in reality or should have gone full magic yeah you know I what agree. i mean full I agree. absurd and i agree i i think that it would have been cheap to like install the magic at the very end just like you did at the witch because there's nothing really supernatural about the whole movie mm-hmm. even the baby guacamole is like ah some lady murdered a baby sure. you know what i mean but like at the very end it becomes deeply supernatural mm-hmm. like the last 10 minutes and that would have been cheap but it would have been cool if the lighthouse had all these supernatural elements leaking through mm-hmm. with more and more intensity and then have it confirmed yeah or denied as a fever dream, but neither of those things happen. I agree. So, so, yep, yep, good list. Cool. All right, on okay. to the next. <laughs> My number four is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I omitted this one, so I'm glad you put it on. Re- okay. Yeah. The reason, well, I'm a fucking Quentin Tarantino whore. Yeah. That just is what it is. Yeah. Um, if you want to know what my favorite Quentin Tarantino film is, it is Death Proof. It's a part of the Grindhouse series. It's fucking incredible. But, second to that would be inglorious bastards and once upon a time in hollywood is the inglorious bastards to one of my favorite true crime stories which is the manson murders yeah absolutely if you were like let's say you were obsessed with like nazi era you know like stories and all of that that mm-hmm. would be the equivalent of you being interested in true crime so this is your inglorious bastard this is this is it and like i loved inglorious bastards and this once upon a time in hollywood gave me that same like vindication and like warm fuzzy feelings Uh, it was the the venn diagram of my interest became a full circle with this movie like revenge fantasy it was revenge (laughs) fantasy it's the story we all want and the story we tell ourselves when 
when you're a true crime fan, um, I'm the type of true crime fan where I don't glorify the murders or the killers, but it almost is like a piece of me is knowing that this terrible thing happened and I want to be educated on it and understand why it happened, what happened or how I can't even begin to understand it type of thing. And also how it will never happen to you because you know. For sure. Yeah. And the um, the Manson family was kind of this like just never been there's also i also have an affinity for cults so um and like cult leaders and manson being like a proxy murderer to me was just insane and all of it was insane to me and i always am drawn to that story and so to have that tied into a movie by one of my favorite directors shot in this golden era hollywood style with fucking leo and fucking brad all of it. Everything, every man that we've ever loved on screen that we grew up with. Next to each other. In a movie. Fuck off. Wild. Yeah. So the reason I didn't include this on my list was because I'm not a very, I'm not anti, I'm a, I'm a casual Tarantino fan. I am the masses that go see Tarantino's movies. Mm-hmm. I love, I think Pulp Fiction's my favorite because it was one of the first rated R movies I ever saw after mm-hmm. not being Mormon anymore. Good. And it astounded me. Like that song, Girl, You'll Be a Woman mm-hmm. Soon, like fucked me the fuck up. It yeah. was hilarious. Like I was like, that's the sexiest thing I've ever seen. And when he stabs me a Wallace, I was like, I want to do drugs. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So that was like my, but Inglorious Bastards is my second favorite. But I did. I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because of the tension. Because you, as a true crime fan, you catch up on every single nuance. Like mm-hmm. every single time she could have run into Charlie. Every single time mm-hmm. when they start walking up to the to the driveway to, to the go to the house. Yeah, when they are in the neighborhood, and you know that they visited the neighborhood once before because yeah. we know every yeah. step of that case. Yep. Like as people who like true crime, we've we've listened to podcasts, we've read books, mm-hmm. we've seen documentaries, we've seen it all. So we mm-hmm. know every so every minute that happens in that film you think there's an inevitable thing that's going to happen we kind of look at each other and we're like it's like an inside joke that Mm -hmm. you're having with quentin tarantino yeah you and quentin tarantino are both massive true crime fans Mm -hmm. and you're both zeroing in on the same things like when she's wearing that jersey you know when she Mm -hmm. gets the one she gets killed she gets killed in yep and you know yeah that's the one she was found in you're prepared yeah and the other thing too is that it's still objectively a good movie but those little details really yeah. Like that resonates well, with you. Absolutely. And I didn't let myself read the one thing I tried to do for myself this year was not read to any into any films to spoil it for myself. Nice. But that's I, a good one. But I knew based off of Charlie being shown in a trailer because I like accidentally watched one. Yeah. And then when they said that um Margot Robbie was gonna be Sharon Tate, I was like, Oh, this is this is the Manson murders. I thought that Quentin Tarantino was gonna be riding the wave of true crime phenomenon and just give us a Tarantino true crime film. Give us the deep like let us watch Sharon Tate be murdered. Yeah. I didn't think that he was gonna pull an inglorious bastard on us. I don't know why I didn't think that. Maybe it's because I was like, he's already done it. Why would he do it again? Yeah, and then, but like you as a Tarantino fan, you know this. You know it's an alternate reality. You just didn't think he would be so bold mm-hmm. as to legitimately change. Because like inglorious bastards feels fake enough mm-hmm. in terms of like we never lived through that. Yeah, you know what I mean. But we can we like they're the Manson murders are so close to our age. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. Like so close to our time period or like society that like we know what happened and we can feel it. And him changing that Mm -hmm. feels very different from changing Nazi stuff. Well, and in the end, he rewrites history to what the public truly wants and what we (laughs) wish would have happened. Yeah, it's the the better outcome. It's the better timeline. Absolutely. And then you get an ending with um, a fucking... Why am I blanking on the name of the fire thing? A Um, flamethrower. A flamethrower. And then... 
and then a, a, a best girl saving the day. Yeah, so, the best girl. The best girl. Uh, the best, sweetest baby girl. I know. So. It, makes me, it made me want to get a pity real bad. Yeah. I just love holding their heavy jaws and faces in my hands. You feel so safe and loved. Yeah. They're so good. They're the best. Yeah. But so that's why Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my fourth. It's funny because I was thinking about what you would have. What, what you have is not what I thought. That's fun. I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood be, would be number one. For oh, you okay. Because you were so, you were glowing after, and mm-hmm. you were stoked on it. And I knew as somebody like I love true crime. I listen to true crime podcasts like every day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I don't have the same connection to the macabre and to death that you do. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely when I think of true crime, I think of my friend Noel, who is not only educated but she's not obscene about it, and she's really intelligent. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. you're also not irked by it in ways that like I'll I'll listen to something I'm like ew, yeah, gross. And yeah. like you'll listen to something and be like, I want to see that. Yeah, <laughs> like, got to. You know, it's like diff- it's your relationship with true crime is deeper and heavily rooted. And so I saw the way you loved it, but like this makes sense. Like the list, I understand your personality well enough to know that this makes sense. Except that I haven't seen one of them. Okay. So, uh, any other thoughts? Or nope. do you want me to go? Okay. Let me let me hear your four. Okay. So my number four is us. <laughs> and I know you're oh mad about that. I know God. you're mad. But you get to talk about it. This the beauty of this is that I can see my list. I can see yours, so it's not fair. Yeah. But I don't want to show you my don't, because I know, because now I'm upset. Well, okay. the way that these line up, you're gonna be really happy. Why are you picking us? You're gonna be happy. Why are you picking us? Okay, so uh Jordan Peele's my favorite director now. Sure. I agree. <laughs> no, I agree. Kay. I think Jordan Peele is the Everything. chariot that's gonna be bringing horror into the Renaissance. I agree. He's gonna make it hip too. He's Absolutely. gonna make it. I got five but us on is it. no fucking get out. Are you fucking I, it's kidding not, me? It's not. That's why it's so high up on the list. Okay. Because it's, you know, it's number okay. four. And I didn't see enough movies to have anything else knock it off. Sure. Um, but I loved it because I love Jordan Peele. And I also love that it is an unbelievable story that you still believe. Because mm-hmm. people are like, well, what about the rabbits? What about the basement? What about the... And like, it requires a suspension of disbelief because the story's so good that you want to... Even if it's a little messy, even if it's a little crazy and unbelievable, mm-hmm. it's so good. The concept and the feeling, the feeling of having an other, the feeling of being hoodwinked, the feeling of being kidnapped by somebody who isn't you, mm-hmm. all of that is so uncannily terrible that you will forgive the movie for silly shit like that. Like people can't live on eating rabbits. There's no running water in that facility where they shit. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like none of that makes any sense, but it's so fucking uncanny. It, it, taps into such a deep part of your psyche something you would never want to have happen to you that you don't care Mm -hmm. and it's so fun to watch and i love comedic so i don't like horror you know that about me i'll avoid watching horror movies till my dying day i don't like to see them i don't like to watch them but i have enjoyed jordan peele's movies because they have really like the best elements of movies like the Mm -hmm. jump scares are not gratuitous but when they do happen it's good Mm -hmm. it's not just like i I walked out of the lady in black in theaters because it was just jump scare after jump scare and it was so gratuitous and i don't like feeling tired yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't get like it. bracing for impact every second of every, if it doesn't have purpose. And mm-hmm. he does have purpose. And that's fun. It just feels like you're watching a movie that all the best parts of a horror movie are in that movie. Sure. Like it's got style, it's got comedy, it's mm-hmm. got all of it. And that's what I love about it. I love that uh, Tim Heidecker was in it. Yeah. Because he was so good and so funny. Yeah. Like it was incredible. And like, yeah. I love, I also like the racial element. You know, I'm I'm only half white. Yeah. Um, and so it's funny to be like, yeah, white people suck. And then it's also funny to be like, Hey, that's me. I'm that one of those dumb white bitches. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fun. No, I, I agree. It's fun. Yeah. And like, I genuinely think that the reason why we have good horror coming to the surface and actually being taken seriously 
is because of directors like Jordan Peele. That he takes the elements we love and yes. makes them cool, hip, unique, and reinvents them. I agree completely. And that's also why I didn't enjoy Us. Yeah. Because Us didn't stick with me. Yeah. It didn't... It was... Us was like cotton candy. It looked good and it tasted good, but the moment it hits your tongue, it dissolves and you're left with nothing and there's yeah. no memory. So it's like, because as somebody who doesn't watch horror movies, to you, that feeling of like the dread and stuff like that, that's played. That's not enough to carry you through a movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. feelings that he instills because you felt all of them before. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like these are things that you felt it with intensity over and yeah. over again. As somebody who doesn't watch horror movies, that feeling still is kind of fresh. Sure. And so a cheaper movie like Us, which it is, it is. compared to Get Out, it's much cheaper. Yeah. Um, it still hits me. And I think that's good because yeah. it's making you know what that means is that people who aren't conventionally interested in horror yeah really love well it's the gateway drug yeah that's exactly i completely what it agree is. what it is and i would much rather and let me like die on the hill saying i would much rather have the gateway drug into horror be movies like us rather than you know the purge 75 yes like i would absolutely prefer the summer horror blockbuster 12. exactly to be something like us but there was i just wasn't captivated by the story yeah i thought it was a fun romp mm-hmm. i thought that the comedy was hilarious when it happened the playing i got five on it's it so when creepy. they're getting fucking murdered and she's trying to tell her goddamn alexa to call the cops <laughs> that shit's fucking incredible yeah it's dope i love it actually i think she does she just call the police and says f the f the police yeah. by wa plays <laughs> like it is just it's stunning it's great but the and like i loved the imagery in the fun house and blah 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 but the idea of like an other like a clone of you being evil just doesn't no. get my dick hard enough it's play i think that it's the tropes that are played in ways that you're immune to and for me it feels like i've avoided it for long enough that this is this feels fresh yeah so like our reasons for not particularly liking is like you are a veteran mm-hmm. as far as horror you're a veteran to feeling bad and i've avoided it yeah yeah <laughs> and so that felt really it's a good gateway drug i think yeah. of all i also think that he needed money mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that he just like made a cash grab but i think he made something that he was like how many people can i appeal to because get yeah. out is singularly about race mm-hmm. you know what i mean and yeah. there are conservative people who watch that movie and be like it's trash how dare black people feel like they mm-hmm. have anything mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and so whereas us i think he was like how can i make a mass appeal film make a shit ton of money and then continue on because he does have to secure his place mm-hmm. as a director yeah because get out is very niche mm-hmm. i think us helps him with clout absolutely for mainstream movies. i think that I think Get Out is just a good romp altogether, yep. but it just doesn't it doesn't stay in my psyche, so it's, yeah. it didn't make the list. You mean us, not Get Out? I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. Us. I don't want you to no. tarnish your reputation because no, I know how much you love Get Out. Incredible. Yeah. Um, All right, number kay. three, my number three, baby. Yeah, I'm excited about the these. Irishman. Oh my god, the Irishman is so <laughs> fucking good. So mm-hmm. keep in mind that like I. I grew up on mob movies. Mm. My grandma had a VHS of The Godfather that she would make us watch like mandatorily when we would visit her. And like one of my favorite quotes, like if I finished high school, my senior quote would have been as far back as I can remember. I always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah. From, like Goodfellas was my fucking shit. Casino was my fucking shit. Like I, I love mob movies because it's true crime yeah it's true crime it's not as sadistic in like a casual sense as like a quote-unquote serial killer is but it's rooted in reality yeah there's a real precedent there there's a book yeah i didn't know that yeah i had no fucking idea so when i was watching it i was like good story scorsese like i don't i don't i have a i have a sexist bias against scorsese and it's because Mm. i don't 
like the old men tropes. And I I do appreciate, I loved The Departed. But the it's Departed based on, incredible. Yeah, it's based on a Chinese film I loved mm-hmm. that did it better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think Departed's incredible, but I liked something better about it. And yeah. Scorsese, you know, for American audiences, approved upon that. Mm-hmm. like formula but i just don't like the fact that he put his like crotchety and for you that's a beloved yeah stereotype the crotchety Joe Pesci, old, fucking al pacino robert de niro back on film together y- she, you'll die for it i'll you'll uh, fucking die for uh, it hand fist it to me you baby. get fucking like, long island accents when you get mad absolutely <laughs> like this is, these are your people this is literally your history as an italian american <laughs> this is your like bread and butter and so it, it doesn't resonate with me at all yeah. and the reasons i don't like it are stupid and sure. petty i get it but I, I really enjoyed watching it. It It's just like, here, the other thing about it is um, not not only is it my favorite, like my my true heart of heart, like the type of films that I'll watch with my family is always going to be a mob movie. Oh, it makes me want to cry. Um, That's you know, so sweet. Versus like horror being what I do, but like the yeah. type of movie that would like bring me and my dad together would be watching Casino. Oh. Um, and so like mob movies always have that like soft spot for me and Scorsese being the one to direct this is just unbelievable. Um, and then the cast and then the CGI that they did on De Niro is just fucking insane, but best I've ever seen genuinely. Yeah. But this, and then also talking about like the Jimmy Hoffa fucking shit and just like going into American history while telling a mob story, it was just stunning. But my biggest hard on for this movie comes from the ending because it shows us it it shows us something a mob movie has never done which is what happens now what happens after we have held this person's hand through the beginning middle and end of their life what are the consequences like genuinely we have seen consequences drag out to someone who used to be a fucking wise guy into now they are the only person alive they have alienated their friends and family they're picking out their own fucking coffin you're not so high and mighty you're alone in a fucking retirement home begging the nurse for conversation you are pathetic it meant nothing and there is something fucking insanely beautiful and heartbreaking and just this level of storytelling that we never get into anymore that life is ugly and that like the cool parts of it are disgusting and miserable and caked in fucking death and grief and you know disgruntled families and (laughs) it's like even when you think you're at your top top prime you're a piece of shit and like there's i i'm just obsessed with it i'm obsessed with that yeah that's cora being disgusting she's so cute um i'm obsessed with that version of storytelling there was no glorification of this mob member he yeah. was a piece of shit through and through. And that's the reality of it. That's mm-hmm. the actual. But I think that's also Scorsese expressing his own fear of mortality. Sure. I really do. I think that he's never tapped into the geriatrics of, mm-hmm. you know, what happens after being a mobster. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with him aging sure. as well, yeah. which I think is really cool to watch yeah. Scorsese's own mortality come into it. Yeah. You, you know, you let them die in a pile of cocaine. You <laughs> let them get shot by their best friend. Everyone in The Departed dies. You know, yeah. Every single person in that movie dies. But like what happens when it's all gone and you're the only one left? Yeah, like, what happens if you live? Was it worth it? Like, <laughs> isn't that the best part? Is that at the, you, it's a, it's like a fever dream where you're, you are the angel on someone's shoulder and you are, you've gone through their whole entire life and at the end of it you go, 
Well, was that fucking worth it? Yeah. And it almost, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Knowing that character, it feels good. You're yeah. like, ah, this is what your life has led up to. Yeah. Like this is all, this is your empire of shit. Yeah. That you've made for yourself. Well, and, and in that, I also resonate with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, there's so many levels to that story, which is also incredible. And like the, in the third act, you get this ultimate betrayal and but in the second act there's like the part where his daughter gets pushed in the grocery store and so then he goes and he fucking beats the shit out of the grocery store clerk and he pulls him out in front uh, like on the street and breaks his fucking hand i looked at that part of the movie and i thought to myself like that's how i would parent (laughs) and there was something relatable but that was the first moment truly i was i didn't like think about it till later like i i fell in love with him as a father in that moment and that was the moment that his daughters hated him. Yeah, absolutely. And there was just like this whole, it just, you were him, not his daughters. A thousand percent. You thought maybe you would be the daughters. And then all of a sudden you were like, Oh, this is me. Yeah, actually. And it's just like, it's, I feel like that type of storytelling from beginning, mid- middle to end. Where you can be Robert De Niro. For sure. I think that's, I think like, that's incredible. I think that's, um, there's no disrespect to Scorsese's legacy, the feelings that I have. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're rooted in defensive sexism. <laughs> well, absolutely. I know that. I also know that like, you know, Anna Paquin's character only having yeah. like fucking one line in the whole movie is a goddamn joke. And there is a level of like, sexism that inherently comes when you're talking about you older know, stories these too. stories yeah that's just something that i just don't care about you mm-hmm. know what i mean like i've i've beat it out of myself and i don't think that's noble and i don't think that that's like social justice mm-hmm. but that's unfortunately where my brain has gone now yeah but one thing that i think is really dope about this movie the word dope <laughs> no yeah. i'm just kidding um, what i think is great about this movie is that um the, his whole comment about the marvel franchise you remember how that made nerds everywhere angry oh that's when even i fell though, in love with martin yeah, scorsese even more it, it was the fucking truth but the cool part is that a lot of people were like oh he's old he's not hip he doesn't understand you know this beautiful art that we've created but martin scorsese employed some very sophisticated cgi mm-hmm in that film Mm -hmm. that far exceeds the use of the flashy shitty like marvel stretched their budget to make this thin kind of shitty looking facade for Mm -hmm. a lot of their movies Mm -hmm. and martin scorsese used every drop of it to make robert de niro's face his young face Mm -hmm. function perfect yeah there are very few moments where you look at it and you're like that's weird i honestly like so i didn't look in again because i didn't want to research movies and ruin them for myself I did it afterwards when I was watching this movie I thought and I didn't put it past him because I was like this is Scorsese I thought maybe he filmed the first half of this movie years ago oh yeah and then came back to film like that's how good it is I couldn't even wrap my mind around the fact that that was CGI but you have to look at how Marvel cannot create that kind of art with their budget and Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese can Mm -hmm. like it doesn't like he could do it. He does it better. Yeah. If you know, if they ask Martin Scorsese Scorsese to film a Marvel film, it would be like, like it would be half as long. It would be twice as good. You know what I mean? Like he would use every resource in the same way that he used his resources in this film. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a question of that. He's an old man and out of touch. It's a question of how he uses his resources and creates art Mm -hmm. because what Marvel creates is cheap. Yeah. A thousand percent. And you know, I I love eating Snickers bars. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I I'll go see it every time. Yeah, absolutely. I'll see it, you know, the night that it comes out. Yeah. But it is still cheap for your consumption. Every moment of that film is peer reviewed and studied to make sure that you get the ultimate reaction to the widest appealing audience yeah that's a fact yeah so yeah so that number three is the irish that was good that was good um my third is midsummer okay (laughs) so (laughs) 
<laughs> here we are. <laughs> okay. Um, my third is Midsummer, and it it's because so we had a you had a whole podcast with we it was you me Stephen and Rachel. Yeah, one of the most about. controversial episodes. Oh, absolutely, and I love I love talking about it. Um, the reason I like Midsummer is because I, like my own my own relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> has gone through the ringer, and I've experienced tragedy and so has he Mm -hmm. so when i was watching the film his mom died this year my boyfriend's mom so as i was watching the film we were both danny Mm -hmm. and at times i was the shitty boyfriend and at times he was the shitty boyfriend yep so for me that film was deeply personal Mm -hmm. it has very little to do like we talked a lot about pop culture and how it mimics other pagan tropes from films like um Wicker Man. Wicker Man, yeah, mm-hmm. which Wicker Man is one of my, the, the original one is one of my most beloved films. A thousand percent. And I think that also lends to why I enjoyed it. To Steven, it felt like a cheap knockoff. Yeah, cheap knockoff. And to you, you were deeply in the middle. I very much so. Very much so. Um, but for me, Midsummer was like so deeply emotional and the end is so satisfying. Yeah. So for me, it, it was completely embedded in my own personal feelings and where I was. It came at a time where it was really appropriate for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be higher on your list. If you, if what had happened to you in the last month mm-hmm. had happened to you then, I think it would be number one for you. A thousand percent. <laughs> well, that's, that isn't lost on me. And that's why, like, I'm glad that you brought Midsummer up. Mm-hmm. Ari Aster and everything that A24 is doing is fucking incredible. It I, is. I thought that, like, I, Ari Aster, this is no hereditary, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he, he is the next level like if if us is charmander like charmeleon is a movie like midsummer and and then i would say lighthouse would be the charizard oh i that's a great hierarchy of like horror that's Mm -hmm. a great because it's like us is very accessible Mm -hmm. and then midsummer while very accessible it is an art house film yeah a24 is an independent publisher they're Mm -hmm. not whatever that barbed why was that fucking barbed wire saw oh my god i wear like yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about like destruction films yeah that's like that's mainstream Mm -hmm. but a24 is it is the most mainstream of all the indie art house films or films now because of ariaster because yeah 100 percent. but it's accessible in the way that like midsummer and hereditary are both like deeply relatable Mm -hmm. films Mm -hmm. and so that's why i I agree with that completely and i also understand the cheapness of hereditary Mm -hmm. i do understand all of your complaints about it i just think that like the original shtick the way it was advertised was a horror movie in broad daylight midsummer yeah you you said hereditary oh sorry thank you see both of us at the same time we're like yeah a horror movie in daylight yeah (laughs) hereditary midsummer um midsummer's advertised as a as a horror film in broad daylight and it's so much deeper than that Mm -hmm. good advertising on their part but i think that cheapened it when you went in like for sure like horror movie in broad daylight you're like there's a shtick but that's not has nothing to do with it well i guess my so i i do have a a big love for midsummer like 100 i think there's the parts that kind of make me cringe also I think are some of the most beautiful, like when she's having like this emotional breakdown and all of the, the first time you see her have this same type of scream crying, emotional breakdown, she's um, by herself. And then in her boyfriend's room with a, with the boyfriend who does not give a fuck about her. And she's, you know, spilling her guts on the floor. The next time you see her have this same type of a scream crying mental breakdown, she's on the floor surrounded by a pack of women screaming and crying with her. 
And there's something even just beautiful in that mirroring imagery to show like, you know, her journey and the ending a thousand percent like Haley Williams is coming. Haley Williams from Paramore is coming out with a solo album on January 22nd. I'm so excited. And she posted as a teaser to it the first picture of, um, you know, May Queen standing in front of the burning church, chapel, whatever, like looking sad. And then the last scene where she's smiling and I was like, oh, you know, what X is going to get shredded in this fucking solo album? I but think we know. That's <laughs> right. But that's how, like, that scene alone and that story is cathartic for a lot of us and relatable for a lot of us. Like, the the chapel on fire is what we've all done in like a wine drunk fury after a breakup where <sighs> you burn your ex's shit out of spite. Right. Like, you know, and at the end of it, you choose yourself, but there's this big loss. You know, I don't have a problem with the story. The things I have problems with are things that ju- in a similar way that I felt about lighthouse, they were just like gratuitous for no reason. Uh-huh. Like the, you know, the murder suicide could have not been a horror movie. Like genuinely the, the murder suicide scene I just felt was pick a side, literally trying to, um, after you smack open that bitch's head on a telephone mm. pole, you've got to one up yourself. <laughs> and I think that's what he did there. He had that. And then the piano wire scene. So, so in, in hereditary and his callbacks to one up himself were the murder suicide of her parents and sister. And then, um, you know, the Gallagher scene off of the cliff. And like, I just think that some of that was unnecessary and it didn't help further the plot or the story. If you think about this, if you removed the entire murder suicide of her parents and I'm a fucking slut for practical effects, you know that. And I, I loved that scene for that. But if you take that first half of the fucking movie out, does it affect it at all? Nope. Same story. He's still aloof. He's still shitty. He's still fucks yeah. with other girls. Like all you gotta know is that something terrible happened to her. You don't even have to know what. No. You just have to know something terrible happened to her, and she's fucking alone. Yeah. And he doesn't care about her, but you didn't need because he's still there for her through the impact. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that, and I think that that's kind of like wasted. I think that exploring that would have been, especially like during the trips, I would have expected her not to just see her sister's face vaguely in the background, but mm-hmm. to like trip the fuck out and like mm-hmm. live that horrible reality. If you were going to do that in the first half, make it even worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. to be honest, I don't think the murder suicide hammer silliness, or sorry, not murder suicide. I don't think the the killing of the old people, the culling of yeah, the, the geriatrics. The Gallagher scene. The Gallagher scene. I like that a lot. I don't think that was more impactful than the murder. The murder suicide's horrifying. Yeah. That is like the close up of her sister. It's horrifying for no reason. It's horrifying for no reason. And, and if it, you're going to make me cringe yeah. in awe, <gasps> give me a fucking reason. I just had a brilliant thought. You know what Midsummer is? Hmm. It's the up of horror movies where up has this beautiful 10 minutes emotional impact and you feel so much and then the rest of the movie is so fucking shitty yeah like up people forget they're like oh up i love up but then they forget like dogs talking dogs flying planes yeah I'll that never movie's so fucked up like yeah. it's not even quirky in a fun way it tries it reminds me of when i was younger i hated spongebob squarepants because it preceded like invaders in for me it's because i was older mm-hmm. i understand the brilliance of it now mm-hmm. but like it it feels so like it's trying up was trying so hard to be something that it wasn't. And mm-hmm. the heart of it was left in the first 10 minutes of the film. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I, that's, that's my only bone to pick with midsummer. And yeah. This is, this is coming from someone who's done a full blown midsummer photo shoot. Oh yeah. You, you know, know, what's crazy about midsummer to me 
and you can cut this out if it's too much. No, leave it. But um, <laughs> no, fucking always I'll leave it. it. No, I will make it. you say the worst shit and then we'll leave it in the podcast. Um, your uh, Nikita mm-hmm. dying mm-hmm. and your ex's reaction. Mm-hmm. Now, if we look back on it retroactively, mm-hmm. reminds me very much of the beginning of Midsummer. Oh, a thousand percent. And that breaks my heart into a million pieces because I remember when I I was on my way to work and you were at the house down the street from my bus stop. So mm-hmm. I just walked over there to help take care of you. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he showed up, he didn't touch you. Mm-hmm. He sat in the chair next to me, which was two chairs away from you mm-hmm. while you laid on the hammock and cried. Mm-hmm. And I remember him like looking down at his hands and I remember being like, what are you doing? Yeah. I remember being like, what are you like? Why are you? You're acting like you're ready to leave. Like if we gave you permission to leave, you'd go. Yeah. And I like I look back on that now and it breaks my heart into a million pieces because it like I feel the same way about the way he reacted in the midsummer scene being like, you're the wrong person to be there for her. Mm-hmm the same exact way I felt when Nikita died. Yeah. It was, it's rough. Like I'm about yeah. to cry because like, I look back on that and I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this hurts so bad because yeah. hindsight's only 2020. That's not something I could have known at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For Until sure. That whole thing happened. Yeah. A thousand percent. But holy shit. Yeah. What a bummer. I know. Well, there, there's <laughs> something about death and grief that, will show you know like who you think is your significant other yeah. it will show like their true colors yeah. i think specifically whether you know it at the time or not because danny when her sister kills both of her parents and herself she believes that he loves her mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. you know what i mean but we as a fly on the wall know that that was not true a farce yeah and we couldn't have known until the, his actions when he deeply betrays her mm-hmm. we look back on it and we're like there were always signs always signs yeah and that thousand, makes me mad a thousand percent number are we on two already? yeah we're on two we're, we're getting, almost we're, done we have karaoke a, to yeah go we to. do we're gonna we have to oh it's only eight we're fine yeah we're good um my number two and this is this is the my one and two i just want you to know that it hurt me to do these yeah but uh there's a reason why my one is one and two is two number two for me is parasite got it parasite is one of those movies it's the opposite of us it's going to stay with me inside of my psyche for fucking ever yeah and there is a part of the eat the rich that like whole entire movie experience that's happening that i fucking just eat it up all day long and there's and this movie is fucking to stop you what i haven't seen it oh my god so i'm gonna need you okay to to give me the the five I five three it. to five minute no spoil it because I'm, um i'm, I'm so, not so listen no i'm an english major so i believe that if a movie hinges on a spoiler it is not good in the first place mm-hmm. so yeah just, well you you couldn't spoil this fucking movie if you wanted people to keep because telling me it's too complex it to is spoil. such a, it is a it is a fucking paper crane of a movie yeah it is it is patient and it is swift and it is brilliant and it's so fucked right and absolutely yeah this movie doesn't you don't wait want for to you. spoil it for me i no. can see that this movie yeah. doesn't fucking wait for you yeah there's such nuance to the way that this story is told that no fucking american director could ever do ever you're catching up to the characters there's scenes in that movie specifically i'm referencing when the brother and the sister are outside of the house and they're going over her script who she is and what she's going to say she does in the form of a song you catch up to the fact in that moment that that family is a fucking a family of survivors and they have harnessed this talent to be who they need to be and mold into what person they have to to survive coaching 
teaching each other on how to do it. Yes. And they're all fucking in it together. And it's in that exact moment that you fucking realize that like this, this movie isn't waiting for you. It's telling a story and you have to pay attention. And it's like, it's telling a story that's so multi-layered where it's talking about like the, this, there's this cultural scene. Like there's when the fucking landlord turns the Wi-Fi off and they're all running around trying to get their phones to work for WhatsApp. Like that's such a reference to being that fucking poor in that country and it's still so relatable while being you're not even close to that as your reality but you you see it you're getting a glimpse on this like portion of society and it's so human and it's just like no one no one does that and i want i looked at like some behind the scenes of like how they shot this movie and it's simple and that's why it's brilliant there's no like camera tricks it's just a story and you could tell that like the focuses were individual merged together. Like the script is fucking stunning. The cast is impeccable. The cinematography is gorgeous. And this is what happens when you don't cheap on any three of those things. You get this like front to back unpredictable. I cannot tell you how unpredictable this movie is. Every time you think you've got it. And that's, it's kind of something that I do. And I think a lot of, um, you know, moviegoers do is where you try to, you're like, I know what's going to happen. Everyone loves, it's my favorite. You know, you always try to be like, aha, I got you. I fucking knew you will never be able to fucking call what's going to happen next in this movie. Challenge. I guarantee fucking tee it. Never, ever. And then it leaves you with like, it's just, fucking storytelling edging at the end and you love it for it because you go what the fuck happened my boyfriend has um forbidden me from predicting movies Mm -hmm. um and it's because when you come from a like a like a i'm not a writer but i come from a background of analyzing other people's writing Mm -hmm. um specifically i love editing stuff for people but because of that i understand what parts of stories signal and rein in other parts of stories so i Mm -hmm. understand that um, like a compassionate scene here is going to lead to tragedy here. Mm-hmm. And with almost stunning accuracy, I can tell you the end of a movie within like the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And it causes my boyfriend so much pain and grief because I want him to appreciate how smart I am. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, you got to show off. Yeah, I got, to, I didn't your party this, trick. I didn't pay nothing for all of this. Yeah. I, I did actually. I've never used this for any reason, <laughs> by the way. There's no reason. Don't go to college. Don't. It's a I just, scam. Not only will you end up either in my position where I deeply regret and want that money so bad or noelle's position where the government wants to enroll you so you can pay off your student debts or yeah. sorry enlist you yeah draft you so you can pay off your student i debts. mean at this point just do it but <laughs> noelle and i are both at the same level of accomplishment intelligence um financial security we are at the exact same place in life i just am out a bunch of money mm-hmm. and so is she mm-hmm and I graduated. Noelle did not. Mm-hmm. And neither of us are better for it. Mm-hmm. Neither of us. I'm not better. I would I, I would be better off if I had not spent a dime. And so would you. Absolutely. And you would not be better off. You'd be in the exact same seat right now if you had graduated, Noelle. In 100%. fact, you'd probably be further behind because you wouldn't be working as much. Yep. So it's true. It's true. <laughs> either way, we're in the same 100%. position. Um, but that was a weird aside. Well, what that I- even ties into the fucking story of Parasite. <laughs> Does it now? Yeah. That's great. I'm not going to tell you why, but it's true. Like. <laughs> The the point is fake it till you, this story is fake it till you make it hard wing. Both of us are faking it so hard. I know it. By the way, I have an English degree and I'm working in IT. I mean, both both of us actually. Same. I, had, <laughs> I had a technical writing certification that uh, was going into um, a career in like writing anal analyst Qua- an- QA. I can't even literally yeah. just like um, fucking sass anal- QA. I'm gonna have a stroke if I can't say analyst. 
writing analysts. It's because um, of your, that's the Long Island word you can't say analysts. Like, what are you like going to say? How you, you, author. Author. <laughs> Sweet thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm super, I'm, I'm going to go home in two days because I have to work too much. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go home on Saturday night and I will watch Parasite and Please. I will live text you. Please. Because I'm really curious. PJ had the same thing to say. Yeah. We both respect his opinion on films. Yep. But not only that, everybody, I don't know what the movie's about and usually that shit gets spoiled. No. People can't. You can't. Too complex? Absolutely. Is it a family of sociopaths? I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> You're being so vague. It know must that, a lot like, to you. I was white fisting through yeah. that fucking movie to the point where, like, I hurt my hand. Yeah. And, like, movies don't do that to me. But that, no. and it, I, I, it took me like two days to digest that movie. Stuff doesn't hit you. You're very much incredible. Like, you're, you're, you're highly well you're well educated you're well consumed you've seen a lot of things and you've experienced most things Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so for anything to impact you i'm gonna i don't like i said i've seen like five movies this year Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna go watch this one you should okay yeah i'm gonna go see it and know that it's like it 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 was so it wanted to be my number one but there was something about my number one that pushed it over and it has nothing to do with intelligence no and my list is definitely more on that fluffy end Mm because my number two is John Wick 3. What? <laughs> <laughs> I oh, watched this fuck. movie because I was too sick to work. <laughs> you know, I love John Wick 3. <laughs> yeah, it's I good. loved it. We've okay, so we've had one of the hardest years of our lives. Um like Noel has had I can't even tell you Noel's story because you wouldn't believe any of it. Um and my boyfriend's mom died, but when you're when the closest person to you loses the closest person to them mm-hmm. and they are an only child, mm-hmm. um it just rocks. I had to watch this woman full on slowly and just slowly die. Mm-hmm. I spent like the first the entire first half of my year, the entire spring in the ICU watching other people die waiting for another person to die. Mm-hmm. I probably saw a, like 10 to 15 people die during this whole process. Yeah. And it was horrifying. Yeah. And so I've like I've experienced more death than I've ever wanted to. My boyfriend is useless and I have to be the strong one which sucks. Mm-hmm. It always does. Yeah. And so John Wick is like this beautiful break. Yeah. From anything bad. Yeah. Because whatever is happening to John Wick is not only his own fault. Mm-hmm. Why'd you join an assassin guild in the first place? Why not? Yeah. Right. And also, why'd you let your wife die? Oh, wait. She died of cancer, right? I guess that's not his fault. Um, why'd you let your dog die? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Either way, John Wick's whole life. Not, my life can never be shittier than John Wick's and it will never be more fun to experience and watch. Yeah. And it's a beautiful break. You know how I feel about bisexual lighting. Yeah. It and has John so Wick's much a bisexual of it. icon. It, it, he is. Um, and some of the fight scenes are some of the most brutal and fun. If you... The motorcycle scene where they all pull out their katanas. I so will never funny. not have a big dick for that. Yeah. And like the scene with the... There's literally a museum full of knives. Yeah. And that's <laughs> and like the like, opening fight scene. Yeah. When he breaks that motherfucker's neck on the book in the library i was like bruh yeah, that bruh. was the opening scene yeah literally it goes so fast and i love ian mcshane mm-hmm. i love that john wicks gets thrown off of a roof and like walks away like a cockroach mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the man can't be killed mm-hmm. it's so fun and there's a lot of like fun like betrayals it's like clue it is kind of like, clue, it's like yeah. i betrayed you but i betrayed you first like yeah. all this silly shit uh, the only thing i didn't like was drew barrymore and it, or not Drew Barrymore, um, Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Thank you. They're both <laughs> food. They're both a form of food. <laughs> They're both food. Food names. Um, Halle Berry just seems like shoot, like shoehorned in. She's 
gorgeous though she's she fun fucking to watch. killed it and that's another yeah. movie with with the uh, best girls and boys yeah oh the, the the german shepherds in that movie fucking actor you think, of the year you think your heart can't handle it and you think another dog dies and then the dog's wearing a bulletproof vest but they let you think the dog's dead for like three and a half minutes mm-hmm. and so like when i say this is like the thing that will pull you out of your depression it's because like you hit these low lows and then it's like just kidding that is not low at all we're actually on a deep high here yeah. and you're actually on top yeah and so like it's this roller coaster that's like a metaphor for your life but you have had such a bad year that you haven't hit a high mm-hmm. so when you hit the highs you're like i am on it yeah. today i'm john wick today <laughs> and so like i think most of my lists are like just deeply personal for me it's not because i i know i have killer taste i mean my family no i think i think john <laughs> wick three is fucking incredible yeah i i loved it and i think that it's something that i really needed mm-hmm. and i think that if you haven't seen it you should watch it because you'll have the most fun yeah but it's also like there's emotional parts there's intellectual parts there's stylish parts there's something for everybody i enjoyed it yeah and i I thought it was great yeah i I loved that movie don't get me wrong i loved it it's literally that shallow that's it 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 is and it's good it is so we have the same number one we do really let me see wait where where's your list sorry it's in the title so it's at the very top there oh stunning yeah so we have the same number one yes (laughs) jojo rabbit baby and it's weird that that, it's weird that we did that because that was the first thing i put because that's the only movie i remembered watching this year off Mm -hmm. the top of my head Mm -hmm. so you asked me to make a list yesterday i wrote jojo rabbit and then on the way here i wrote the rest of the list for you (laughs) i jojo rabbit in a critic sense um so like it's polarizing, which I also think is fun. I love also that. distributed by the same fucking distributed by Disney, which is hilarious. Is it also, really? Yeah. So but, they'll give Taika Watiti anything. I know. Okay, do it. Um, the one thing that I I loved about this was its controversy with the critics, which I didn't think I I didn't realize there was controversy until I started reading into it. So First of all, you have a dark comedy, so you're going to get me on board 100%. But it's a dark comedy about um, being in the middle of World War II. And Jojo, the main character, this little kid, his whole entire dream is to become a Nazi. And then, spoiler alert, he finds out his mom is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. And then he begins to reevaluate his beliefs. And that I wouldn't even consider that a store a spoiler because there's so much in between that fucking movie that is stunning and gorgeous that you have to watch that it doesn't matter if I told you the plot it has nothing to do with what you're gonna experience as the viewer um but I didn't th- realize that like you know having an imaginary friend that's a flamboyant Hitler would cause so much like stirring the pot like a lot of people were like, this isn't the time to have a satire about Nazis. And, and then half of the population was like, this is the perfect time to have a satire about Nazis. And I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that boat. The other side is uh, we feel a little too much like Nazis. (laughs) Exactly. A thousand percent. Or like, or like it's not, we shouldn't be bringing this up or like, I don't know. It's just, there's with the this movie has my favorite type of humor which is like dick and ball humor oh absolutely but in the same breath that it has dick and ball humor it has this deep emotional 
storytelling of I it's it's like it's not coming of age it's this realization it's self-evaluation yeah like self-evaluation as I have a stroke it's you're watching um like someone who's almost been evangelicalized into white supremacy realize that they're wrong and there's something beautiful about that and when it's mixed with this like dick and balls comedy it it almost like makes those heavy emotional moments that much more powerful um yeah absolutely to be able to infuse that kind of feeling in contrast with having hitler as your imaginary friend mm -hmm. it's shocking yeah it is that's why i said you when you said scarlett johansson can't act Scarlett Johansson being Jojo's mother in this there there's the you know a it's very real a very specific scene with her and it rips your whole entire heart out and no more than five seconds later were you laughing about a situation that happened um kind of the comical but real portrayal of like you know Jewish people being these like gremlin monsters and this with whole horns. yeah and it's this you you go on this like diatribe of that and it's it's done in a humorous sense because they're making jojo and they're making the nazis out to be like flamboyant idiots who are bumbling around which is you know what they are but it it almost dilutes the severity of what was happening but they're not they're not leaving that out they're showing you through the eyes of a child literally because they have no idea the brutality behind the nazi regime they just mm -hmm. see themselves as like these iconic fashionista elitists mm -hmm. and that's kind of what nazism is to children it's it's fashion it's iconic yeah. it's you know what i mean it's a symbol of flamboyancy yeah and it's a it's a it's a symbol of white supremacy it's a celebration of white people yeah and to children that's so glamorous and so flamboyant and so silly and then they realize the the cost of embracing your race and casting out others mm -hmm. and the lack of inclusion mm -hmm. becomes fatal. And that's something yeah. you don't learn. Even us as kids, we knew Nazis were bad. Mm -hmm. But until I saw like the pianist, mm -hmm. um, until I saw, oh no, it was Schindler's List. Oh, that, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, quintessential. That's gotta be the one. But I knew about the Holocaust. I knew that Jews had been killed. Utah was never, Utah is a, a white supremacy state, but outside of the bounds of education. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's yeah. plenty of white supremacists here, but they are all, um, it's a class problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't, I knew the Nazis were wrong. We knew they were evil. I saw them in Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. but the brutality of what a Nazi actually is, is not imposed upon you until you see Schindler's list and you realize what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And like, so like, that's kind of like Jojo was watching Schindler's list, but living it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like for real. And that, there was, there was something about the way that, um, Jojo, it, it didn't so like what's the problem when a racist is confronted with their racism um it's like denial and ignorance and um feeling embarrassed um feeling like they're being talked down to Double or undermined and you know what i mean like they no one likes to be told that they're stupid and no one likes to have their beliefs challenged and um like jojo just did like a great job of showing that like you can be the most wrong, but there's redemption mm. always. And um, like, I think that's the most powerful part of that is of the movie is that like you, you have this kid who is 
obsessed with Hitler to the point where he's like, you know, Captain America to him or like the Backstreet Boys or like posters on the wall, like obsessed, like idolizes him. And his, you know, his whole entire life's goal is to be a a perfect little Nazi. And um, (laughs) like you there when he is confronted, you know, with like the Jewish girl hiding in their house and he's confronted with the fact that his mom is a sympathizer um, he starts, he doubles down on being a Nazi yeah. and that everyone's wrong. And you, you, there's a part of you that's like, just another one. Right. And then you think you're going to go down that path, but then they refocus, reevaluate and get you onto this path of, um, sympathy, education, redemption, humanity, mm-hmm. um, relationships and, and growth. And then there's this comical, kicking off like you know of hitler and it's it's such a silly scene and it's so powerful that like the audience cheers with them yeah because and it's just like i don't know you're experiencing indoctrination and hatred through the eyes of a child absolutely yeah absolutely and And that's why it works yeah and that's why it's not it's not we're, they're not using Hitler as a as a funny silly imaginary friend to poke fun at Jews they're telling you that this is what Hitler meant to Hitler youth mm-hmm. this is what he was this is what he symbolized and that children who are indoctrinated can't be held accountable for their beliefs or actions yeah. at all well that's the thing yeah. right and i maybe that's why i find it i think it means so much is that there's so many children right now who are being raised with a not don't not as extreme as ideals as you know Nazi youth but could was, become but could definitely become yeah. they're being told that there's an other and you want to hate them and you know if you saw them in the street and they're ten years old you want to knock their fucking ass out but there's this this movie reminds you that like you have to be human. And you have to be compassionate and you have to be reasonable and you have to... You have to be present in the lives ab- of people who hate you. Absolutely. You have no choice. You have to understand. Yeah. You know, what What was that, that Jewish girl's character? She had every reason in the world to hate him. Yeah. But she came out with compassion, understanding, humor, reason, humanity, and made herself a person to him and at the end of the day it doesn't matter if we're talking about nazi germany or america in 2020 people whether you're a part of like the lgbtq community whether you're a fucking immigrant whatever or you know or you're a person of color in this goddamn country it doesn't matter what you are that makes you an other to someone you will disarm them the moment you make yourself a person and that's what this story reminds us is like you can't fight hate with hate. You have to fight hate with understanding and reason and education. And you also have to know that your best weapon is reminding these people that you're human. Yeah. Is, is being in their direct proximity. Mm-hmm. That's the truth is that you you literally and it sucks because there, there are sacrifices for not choosing hate. Mm-hmm. You can isolate and protect yourself in a cocoon of hatred, but the cycle only continues forever. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make yourself vulnerable and you have to make yourself available and you have to make yourself. And in this in, in Jojo Rabbit, she she's forced to this situation where mm-hmm. she has to be in close proximity to this 
baby Hitler youth mm-hmm. and they're forced to be in the same space with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to create those situations if you want an, an a lasting understanding, empathy and change. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, there are people who are unrehabable, mm-hmm. but people have a tendency to um, dehumanize e- like even their enemies that they wish would just back down and stop putting children in cages, stop voting for Donald Trump. Even in that situation, they dehumanize them by thinking that they are just as bad as people who murder people for being mm-hmm. the other. Yeah. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just the way that your brain shapes under a landscape of fear. The physical makeup of it is actually different. So children who are refugees in Syria, for example, they will grow up conservative because their brains are shaped in a way where the fear response is always to protect yourself, to cloister. You and mm-hmm. I, we had unviolent childhoods, mm-hmm. I would say. I would say that we had opportunities and we had safety and we had stability for mm-hmm. the most part. Mitigating sure. factors aside, our brains didn't f- didn't form under constant stress mm-hmm. and pain and terror. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, we will always be open Mm-hmm. to the rest of the world will always be open to the idea that other people should be seen and should be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that if you notice that somebody is afraid and their responses are fear-based, that you teach them how not to be that way. Yeah, uh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> and it's your responsibility, unfortunately. It is. And so. that's the part that sucks, right? Yeah. It sucks that JoJo had to lose his whole life. You know what yeah, I mean? Like <laughs> He did, you know? And it sucks that, you know, that Jewish girl hiding in the cupboard had to be the bigger, better person when she's the one being victimized. That does suck. She lost her whole family as far as you know. Yeah, she's been lost. Yeah, she's been lost. She's lost everything and she has to humanize herself. She could have killed Jojo. Mm -hmm. There's a point in the movie where she has a knife and he doesn't and she is considering gutting him as a child and she makes the decision to humanize herself Mm -hmm. in that because she could have killed him and ran. Yeah. And she decided not to yeah and so that's like kind of the theme it's funny because it reinvents the they're just like a genre because like movies like schindler's list the people in it know it's wrong already Mm -hmm. there's no journey to how the people that hate them got there and there's no journey to how the people who are trying to survive got there Mm -hmm. it's very much like we know this story Mm -hmm. it's them versus them they're wrong they're right but in jojo rabbit you are like this is the origin of hate yeah this is the origin this is the bedrock of mm-hmm. things and it reinvents it as a genre because it's familiar to us mm-hmm. we're like you know nazi bad jew good mm-hmm. um but it shows you like the it like extrapolates it's like looking at the inner workings yeah of it yeah you you under you sympathize with both yeah Absolutely. And you should. You should be sympathetic to people whose brains, like I said, um, like people, especially in like conservative households, like so for example, my little brother, um, he my dad is super conservative. He'd voted for Donald Trump. We haven't talked in well, I talked to him at my, his mom's funeral, mm-hmm. but that was the first time in sixteen years I had talked to him. Mm-hmm. Um and he I, I have this memory of him. He never treated me this way because I'm a girl, but he had my little brother sitting on the washer and dryer. And he was trying to get him to swallow NyQuil pills because my brother was sick. And he had his whole fist in my brother's mouth and was screaming, be a man, be a man, and stuffing his hand on my brother's throat while he vomited into his hand. Yeah, a horrifying spectacle, to Mm -hmm. be sure. Do you want to know what my brother's political alignment is now? Hmm. He's conservative. My little brother's conservative. He's a bisexual, conservative trying to be a man he's aggressive he's abusive he's not a a great person to be around we don't talk anymore and it's because the 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 
fear that he was raised under the same like my dad's dad abused him and so it just like formed into this and you I mean Noel knows my whole family's super liberal like my mm-hmm. sister's liberal my mom's liberal I'm liberal we're all liberal scum almost to our own faults almost sure. to the point where I almost don't like Martin Scorsese what the yeah, fuck that's yeah, not okay I know <laughs> <laughs> um, but my little brother turned out conservative because he was constantly bullied and terrified of my father mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing that like nobody could have saved him in that situation and mm-hmm. that sucks but those are the kind of like thing you have to show people compassion if i had been more compassionate to my brother if my mom had known what was going on you know what i mean yeah you have to be able to like envelop people to yeah. stop that fear response absolutely it's, absolutely. it's so sad like if you want to see any sort of even spectac like spectacle moments of harmony you have to accept the responsibility to create them exactly yeah and sometimes that's exhausting and it sucks and it's stupid and it's not fair no and like that's what this movie reminds you of and it also does it through the lens of a dark comedy so and i like that both people are are innocent and they are victims Mm -hmm. both of them yeah and so it shows you how like one person jojo could have grown up to be an oppressor Mm -hmm. and you know murdered that girl eventually or at the time Mm -hmm. and he chooses not to Mm -hmm. and i think that the origin that's really is what jojo rabbit is it's the origin of hate Mm -hmm. (laughs) for sure and it and it's like yeah the origin of hate but like somehow you avoid the crash at the end Mm -hmm. and i think that we both kind of needed that especially in this political climate yeah because it shows us the, the path that a lot of us take. Like me and Noel threaten to curb stomp people all the time. Absolutely. For hateful, ignorant, sexist yeah. comments. Yeah. Um, and we both know that's not the way. So we just tell each other what violent things we would do to our enemies. And then we actually talk to these people. That's the way you have to do it. That's the only way that I think that yeah. in the last like two years specifically, you and I have stopped like yeah. fighting on the internet. Well, like not only was I fighting on the internet, like uh, people might know this because I talked about it a little bit. Like, there were years of my life dedicated to active um, political movements and protests. And um, there was a point where I genuinely, like there was a point at a Planned Parenthood rally where I was yelling in someone's face and there were SWAT people surrounding me. I have a picture of it. Oh my God. There's SWAT people surrounding me. And I've got like blue hair and blue lipstick. I'm the stereotype that they want. Of course. And I'm in their face screaming at them as this full grown like, 50 year old man is screaming back at me and i remember feeling in like my whole entire body that i wanted him to die yeah and that like he needed to be erased and everyone like him needed to be erased and then looking back on it he was thinking the same thing about me and i look back on like those times where i thought i was doing what was right and i thought i was doing what was good and i go maybe his son was in in the middle and watching that interaction, he just went on his dad's side. Oh, I made more enemies than I did allies at a thousand percent. I've created hundreds of MRAs and I'm so embarrassed right? for myself. But we, everyone has to go through that phase. I can't say that I'm not culpable for certain things, but we didn't know at the time. No. I genuinely, in my heart of heart, thought that I was making a difference, but all I was doing was making more enemies, making more incel groups, yep, making more MRAs, yep, and creating more strife. Where it's like when you react violently when you're trying to protect somebody, and you just end up causing them more pain. Yeah, like we've we know that with our we've tried to protect our friends in ways that have only inextricably created a longer cycle of harm. Absolutely, and these are lessons you have to learn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think like one of the best examples is um, Shane and I's friendship. Yeah. Oh. 
um, like arguably, and he'll even say it himself, like a self-diagnosed <laughs> MRA. When we started that, when we started this podcast together, he was like the most fucking men's rights activist. Oh, and yeah. I was the most diehard, like fucking feminazi that, and together we changed each other's minds because we showed each other that we were humans with opinions and fears and thoughts. And, and, um, you know, these were the reasons why we felt this way, blah, blah, blah. And like, you find yourself in the middle yeah. a lot. And Jojo rabbit does that in talking about, you know, like any sort of supremacy it's you, you know, you, you make, what is it? You catch more flies with honey, not vinegar. Yeah. And it's so fucking stereotypical and you hate yourself for saying it, but you know, it's a there's no other it's undeniably correct yeah there's no other way to go about it and it's not it's not even a hippy dippy it's science to be logical about the things that you say like i there's this guy who makes new facebook accounts like on the regular to lecture me about how i didn't like that he was like well why can women read twilight and i can't watch porn in public and i was like these what the fuck Apples are and you dog on shit about comparison but okay. right yeah exactly i know i was like go <laughs> fucking go off kill yourself go bro <laughs> um but n- he was a t- he was a pretty liberal guy before mm-hmm. i got my hands on him and started like spouting off yep. feminist statistics at yep. him i created somebody who literally runs a men's rights activist yeah part of salt lake now that is yeah. my fucking fault yeah i i own the shit out of that but it'll never happen again and i will i will fix that mm-hmm. <laughs> through the rest of my life i will fix that i will pay for that by educating people in a way that is compassionate mm-hmm. and yeah not preachy and not there's not this ego. great example um it, there i read the article about it there's this um really popular trans woman who's um an instagram influencer and rather she gets these horrible fucking horrific like dms from um the specific one that was shared was a mother who is screaming because she was like because of you my daughter is hurting herself blah 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 and then rather you read what this woman says to her and you you want to scream for her but you know what she does she comes at her and she's like i can tell you care and love about your about like um your child and i want i i want you to know that like i hear you and i understand and i see you and they she goes over this whole conversation she navigates through the hate with with love and compassion and understanding and she knows that this mother is coming at her from a place of um blind ignorance and genuine love this this mother you know loves her child but she's confused and upset and does you know doesn't know how to navigate and this this woman who is getting berated is the this fucking voice of god honestly and at the end of it and it's months long of conversation the mother's attitude starts to change and you watch this woman who's probably some fucking westboro baptist church level <laughs> verbal fucking bullshit right to saying thank you for saving my child and it's like that's it that's the be- that that story jojo rabbit all of it will show you history will show you that reminding people that you're human and coming at it with compassion and understanding even when you can't even when something seems irrational there is 
you can understand irrational in a way. Why does someone feel this way? You know what I mean? I think of like my dad, who is also very conservative. I go, he's the smartest man I know. Mm -hmm. How could he, you know, a man with so many degrees who works for the government, who's literally the smartest man I know, how could he believe this? And I go, it's fear. Yeah, he sees something. He's afraid. Yeah. You know, he has seen, his experience is very unique in that like his job put him dealing with marginalized communities in violent ways that scare him. And what he does is he looks at his family of all daughters and a fucking woman who couldn't take care of herself. And he's afraid. She still can't. No, I'm just kidding. Amy, I love no. you. Like genuinely. <laughs> but and she all, needs him. All he, you all need him for sure. Yeah. But all he sees in like his hate is fear. And so like, I understand. Do I agree? No. Will I fight him tooth and nail to show him reason? Yes. But I see where he's coming from. He may not be at the level where he can see where I'm coming from, but that's my job, right? Mm-hmm. And that's anyone's job who like yeah. has to jump in the middle and decide that they're going to take the higher road of compassion. Yeah, and he still admires you. He still believes in you. There are things that he just thinks that are disregarded as like, oh, she's so young, she'll learn. But as he gets older and he ages, he's going to understand your point of view because you'll never stop. For sure. You will relentlessly pursue empathy and understanding within your own family for as long as you possibly can. Absolutely. And people need to realize that like this isn't hippy dippy emotional woman stuff. You're fucking lazy. Yeah. <laughs> if you give in to anger, like yeah. Noelle screaming at that rally, me creating MRAs, those are so indulgent. Yeah. We're being indulgent. And we yeah. we did think we were doing the right thing and we didn't necessarily realize how self-centric it is at the time. But at Children are the most narcissistic because they only have themselves. Yep. You grow into seeing other people. Yep. So as as you know, as you are grow up long, like more and more, you start to take in more pieces of other people and you start to see them more. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize that if you don't fucking stop being a lazy piece of shit and start approaching things intellectually, yep. Yep. you're never nothing's changing. No. And you're being a piece of shit. Yeah. You're only creating the divide. Yeah. The perfect world is a world full of maybes and mediums yes. because the eventuality is that they'll come to the light. The black and white is never is no, not a reality. It's never. And so. to subscribe to that is an indulgence in your own anger and your own um, laziness because nothing's black and white. Everything is very complex. Mm-hmm. And if you don't soak in that complexity, then you're just a lazy piece of shit. And that's oh, just the end of it. I agree. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's why Jojo Rabbit is <laughs> <laughs> our number one. But it's true. It's, oh, did I just kill the computer? No, and that's the end of it. No, we're good. We're still here. All I right. just, it went to sleep. But anyway. Noel and I both just gave up. We were like went limp for a minute. I was like, oh, there it all went. Yeah. All of that work for nothing. Um, That's par for the course. But Yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, that's our, that's our top five list of movies that came out in 2019. And we'll definitely have to do a follow up for the worst. Oh, I love that. Also, I just want to quickly, I wrote the movies that I didn't see. And like some of these are shocking to me. So I was looking at other lists. Okay, look, I didn't see Endgame. I didn't see Parasite. I didn't see Portrait of a Woman on Fire. I didn't see Little Women. I haven't seen Little Women either. Because I'm a bad feminist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, I saw John Wick twice. Okay, anyway, hail fucking Satan. Hail Satan.